Hello, you're listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Press Gazette Editor-in-Chief Dominic Ponsford. And this week, we're learning all about the future of paywall strategies for 2023. So, paywall strategies. This is one of the big themes, I think, that Press Gazette's already identified for this year that publishers are looking at paywalls and subscriptions high on the agenda as are podcasts and newsletters so they're three of the big themes that i think publishers are already talking about this year in terms of ways to shore up revenue in a tough market or a market that's getting tougher and to find out more about all this i have philippe van maastricht from our sponsor advantage cs hello philippe Hello, Dominic. Good afternoon. Great to have you on. And we also have Katya de Bouchera from Mediahoos. Hi, Katya. Hello, Dominic. You're testing me with Flemish and Dutch pronunciations, which I'm sure I'm getting wrong, but I'll do my best. It went very well. (laughs) Thank you. Look, before we get into some of the learning a little bit more about what you both know about this, which is a lot... um, just, can you just, just if you wouldn't mind, just give us a, a quick introduction and a little bit about your role and your expertise in, in, in this area. Katya, if you wouldn't mind going first. Okay. Well, I'm Katya, and I live in Belgium on the Flemish part of the country. And I am responsible for the acquisition of all new subscribers. So I have a team of 10 people, and together with my team, we are responsible for the acquisition of new subscribers and we try to convince new prospects to buy a newspaper. In Belgium, we have four titles. We have one quality newspaper, the Standard. We have one popular large newspaper and that's Newsblot. And then we have also two more regional local newspapers, Gazette van Antwerpen and Het Belang van Limburg. So in total, we are responsible for new subscribers for those four newspapers. Okay. And Media House, obviously we're f- familiar with you in this country, Belfast Telegraph, a bunch of Irish papers. Yeah. And, are you, and you're working across print and online. Is that right? Yes. So we have a history of, of print. We have a large history of, of print acquisition. But over the last few years, now changed, and we have mainly a focus on digital. As well, uh, digital acquisition as also selling digital subscriptions. And that is the core of my team. So everybody has to be prepared for this change. And that is our main goal, to uh, to gain new digital subscribers. Brilliant. And your Forgive me, are you paywalled or are they premium content model or how does it work? Is it Do you charge for everything that you put online? or? So we have two large strategies and the first one is campaigning. So we also do campaigns on radio and television and we also send emails to people. So that is more the marketing way to, to gain new subscribers. But then we also have a paywall strategy. And that paywall strategy has become more important 
So I think that now almost half of the new subscribers that we gain is through that paywall strategy. And a paywall strategy has uh, the big advantage that you can gain new subscribers on what is your core, and that is the news. Uh, You make people buy a subscription, and your main USP is the news, is the content that you bring on that day. So you convince people, um, and you use your core business, the news. And that is what has changed over the past few years. Brilliant. Okay, thanks, Katya. And Philippe, so Advantage CS, you explain, (laughs) so I'll get it wrong. How do you describe what you do? And just give us a flavor of the the sort of clients that you have in publishing. Yes, I'm Philippe de Maastricht, and I'm the director of Ropin Operations. In fact, I'm both operations, I'm also in sales. And Advantage CS, the company I work for, is publishing, a software publisher, of a subscription management platform that's on the market since 44 years. It's an international platform with a lot of clients around the world, like Media House, in publishing being books, or I would say press, and press being on different segments, B2B, academic, or B2C, and also on daily newspapers, but also on magazines. So 44 years, that's incredible, isn't it? You, might, you must be doing something right to, to have kept going. Not many tech companies have kept going that long. It's true. <laughs> Congratulations. So start off with a look at the kind of trends for the year ahead. I remember when we first began writing about paywalls just over 10 years ago, really, on Press Gazette, we talked about metered paywalls or premium content models or all or nothing paywalls, which was what the uh, the Times did quite controversially at the time in the UK. What are you seeing in the market this year? And my impression is it's quite difficult to put people in pigeonholes because people have are a bit more nimble now, aren't they, in terms of what they choose to give away and what they choose to charge for. And that, that may even change for different people or for different bits of content because the technology is a lot more nimble now, isn't it? But what, what what are the trends that you're seeing in the kind of the sort of paywall models that people are pursuing? If it comes to paywalls, the numbers are quite non. Huh? So I would say that there's one thing that we must say in advance is that paywall phenomenon is mainly on dailies and newspapers. That's where really it's happening in the BCC world. If you go to the magazine world, it's not as strong. You have paywalls, but it's not daily newspapers. And in this daily newspaper world, half of the half of the publishers are using the freemium model, 50%. That's what the numbers give. And meters is currently only 10%. So I would say, if you really look at the numbers, the freemium model is dominant. At the same time, what you also see, and I think Media House is practicing that, it's that they are often mixing metered with freemium model. So... Freeman model is just for uh, auditors is the model where we have content, some is free and some is protected by the paywall. And so the whole thing is to determine which articles are protected, which are not based on the contribution to the paying readers or the free readers. So it's very different from the metered model. Okay, thanks for that. What's what's going on at Media House, Katia, and amongst your competitors in this regard at the moment? At Media House, we have kind of hybrid models. So we also have the free content and the premium content, but we work with a metered model, but we always ask a registration first. So we, we do have a reggie wall, as they call it, 
at INMA, it's a registration role because for us, the data that we collect at our paywall is important for the user journey that we want to give to our visitor. So we take uh, our visitor on a journey and within the paywall, we ask them first to register or to log in and then we feed them with a journalism. So if they we give them one article and then we make other article suggestions and we give also extra articles within their journey. That is a strategy that is rather unique for the Belgian market. But for us, it, it works because yeah, we can personalize the, the experience of our visitor. And how do you do that? Do you have some clever technology which does it or is it human curated how does it work it's a mixture of both i think we send emails to to the visitors and then we recommend articles and the curation of the articles is personalized mainly by persons but also driven by data so it's a mixture of both so we try to give article suggestions and recommend recommendations and the main goal is we want to keep people reading because that is the key. If you keep people reading in the reading habit, then you can at longer term engage people. And that is our main objective. We want to engage people. We want them to keep on focus, focusing on the content, on the reading journey, because you have throughout the day, yeah, there is all kind of news articles and we want to keep people reading during that day uh, and not only at one moment, because if you give one article and then they say, okay, I have read this article and then they go on with doing other stuff, but we send them emails, but also online, we give them push notifications and we keep on sending them article suggestions because we, and the article suggestions are personalized because we want to increase the, the engagement. And as far as you're able to share, and obviously tell me if you can't, but it, when, once someone's registered, how successful are you in turning them into a subscriber? I must say that we are quite successful at it. And we do see that the, the percentages are highest when we use the paywall because we convince them with journalism we have convinced them to buy a subscription throughout content. And I will give you an example. In 2017, we sold subscriptions together with electrical household appliances. And we saw on the inflow part that our number of subscriptions boosted. But then after a while, we also saw that people had a subscription, but they weren't using that subscription they forgot to read our articles because they were happy to have the electrical household appliance and then it stopped. But now if we use our paywall strategy, we also see that we have convinced them with content and then we see that uh, that's a high engagement uh, factor. And so the percentages of the conversion are, there is a major uplift in those percentages. And do you entice them in with a discount as well or how does that work? Yes. We, we, for a new subscriber, we give a discount and then we give a max discount for 12 months and then they go to base price, the full subscription price. 
And overall, how, how's it going? What sort of numbers are you, are you getting in terms of online subscribers, if you if that's something you reveal? What's the sort of total number of digital subscribers you've got now for your titles compared to print? I can give you one number. I, I told you at the beginning that we have four titles. We have one quality national newspaper. And that newspaper has has made the switch, has made the cross. So for that one quality newspaper, we have more digital subscriptions than we have print subscriptions. So that was quite a, a memorable moment. And then we see that we are still growing for the digital subscriptions. So we have more digital subscribers for that title. For the three other more popular titles, digital subscriptions are growing and are boosting, but the tipping point is not there yet. Yeah, so in the UK, we similarly, the quality titles or the upmarket titles do much better with subscriptions. The tabloids in the UK don't have any online subscriptions at all. So mm-hmm. just just remind me of your broadsheet or your quality title. The Standard. Brilliant. So I think you've, I think you've answered it. One thing we're seeing is post the pandemic there was a big boom in news consumption generally wasn't there and, it, and in subscriptions generally and it, and then things dipped down again as we got back to normal and now we're heading into a little bit of a downturn cost of living crisis high energy prices and worried that people are trimming back on their subscriptions so it feels subscription growth is at best leveling off and in some cases starting to dip but it sounds like that's not necessarily the case for you guys, Catcher. Is that fair? During COVID, we saw, indeed, uh, we saw an incredible boost in the number of, of subscribers, but we did succeed at maintaining that level. So now, past COVID, we saw that the number, it's, there is a small decrease, but I must say that we invested a lot in engagement, in telling our subscribers, yeah, what they can do with our subscription and them, yeah, what is the use of having a subscription like that? So I must say now I see it's more, it's become more difficult to gain new subscribers, but I must say that we are still succeeding at telling people, okay, you, a subscription at a certain price point but in return you get a lot of content and maybe i can tell you something that we introduced in october of 22 we launched plus and plus was a new concept and the goal of plus was to create digital value for all its new and existing subscribers so the concept of plus is that it is offering new additional feature within our existing subscription formulas. Plus, that's buying a subscription on one brand of choice and then giving free access to all premium articles from our four other Media House Belgium brands. So this was a very revolutionary concept that we launched with a successful campaign. But since the launch, we noticed that a lot of existing subscribers have already activated that plus access. And I can tell you that 8 out of 10 of all the activated subscribers have used the plus access within the past weeks. So we have given a subscriber of one of our titles access to the premium articles of our other titles. And then we notice that people are loving it to to read also on the other titles. And it it helps to engage those people, to keep them reading. And that is a very strong feature that we introduced. And it helped a lot in the post-COVID period 
to maintain all those subscribers within our brands, our Media Hers brands. Yeah. Congratulations. Philippe, what about more broadly? Is it, are you seeing subscriptions starting to flatten out a bit more broadly, or do you think publishers are still continuing to grow them? If you look at the current numbers, you still see a growth in digital portfolios in general. The references, of course, everybody is looking at it, the New York Times, it's still growing. But if you really look at what's happening, that the growth is different. Now they try to grow through verticals. They try to grow through international readers. They try to find new targets, what they call the light readers. And so just shows that it's difficult to keep the pace. And I think one of the additional things to that is that the revenue from those new subscribers is going to be much lower. I suppose international readers, you don't get them with a full price. Verticals are lower, so the growth may continue, but probably won't be as profitable as it was in the past. The second thing, and that's, you know, there's an alert on the market, which is the Washington Post case. So we don't know all the details, but it seems that it's a large publication and they seem to go downwards. So we don't know if it's specific to this title or just a signal of something larger happening. So we'll probably see that in the coming months. I'll stick with you for this question, Philippe. So I think one of the questions that publishers will ask themselves this year is, are they better to focus their energy on online subscriptions with all the energy that takes to really make that work? Or are they better targeting a big, as big an audience as they can and investing their technology in sort of marketing services? So looking at collecting reader data, tracking people, and becoming providing a better marketing solution for their advertisers. Do you think publishers are better to focus on one thing or the other, or do you think you can do both? Yeah, it's a good question. I think historically, the growth of digital subscriptions and paywalls was triggered by the fact that there was a collapse of advertising revenue and that they had to find a new revenue that was happening around 10 years ago. If you really look now, currently, you see this big growth, but in terms of income, I really think digital subscriptions alone will not save the game. So it's definitely necessary to have other revenue streams. Advertising has decreased, but it's still essential for a lot of publishers. We are probably in a momentum where things can change and we see Big CAFA players being more defensive, facing all the privacy issues, getting more in trouble. Maybe there is something to get back from this market. And definitely there is, there is a need to have other revenue streams, maybe e-commerce, affiliation, other services. I really think that the digital subscriptions alone won't save the game. Same question to you, Katya. We, we, you know, either or with subscriptions for advertising. No, I think you need both. And I think there can be a difference. But I, for me, at this moment, I think the income of subscriptions is still important. And I think we can keep up that level. But you need also income from advertising or from e-commerce. So it's, I think it's a mixture of both. But you cannot say only paywalls or only advertising. I think you need them both. I was going to ask you both one final question, if that's all right. Be as generous as you can now for the uh, for the listeners, and 
share a bit of advice for a publisher that's looking to grow their subscriptions revenue this year? I think in particular around websites. Is it what do you think they're best to focus on if they want to try and grow their revenue a bit this year and get a bigger a bigger slice of the pie in their various markets. I'll let you go first, Philippe. Yeah, that's a challenging question. I would, I really think that the key of long-term growth remains in the quality of the subscribers you get. So as Katja just said, if you get people by the product, by the content, we'll keep them for a long term. If you get them in an easy way, by a low price, by a, a premium or whatever, you will have another problem that comes up, which is attrition. And so the real focus is if you want to grow, not only convert, but convert the good ones and keep them for a long time. So that's really my advice. Don't just give them a free toaster or a... <laughs> or it's a, e it's well. easy to get a subscriber if it's a one euro or a one pound a month subscription, you will get a lot of conversions. It's more difficult to keep your price high, but then probably the people that subscribe you get them for a long time. And so on the long term, it will be profitable. Okay. So don't go for the quick win. Play the long game. And harder to get them in. But once you've got them, they're, they're going to be more valuable to you. Same question to you, really, Katja. What's, you've obviously seen some great success there with the standard in Belgium. What's the bit of advice you'd give publishers who want to emulate your success? My advice is a paywall is an indicator of the willingness to pay. So it's important to get to know your brand the position of your brand in the market and the competitors. And there has been a major change and people are more willing to pay eh, because of Spotify, Netflix. But we also see that they all struggle with the same problems. When the inflation is high, the competition for the paying customer is on. So to whether you have a national, a local or a business-oriented brand, engagement is key. So you have to make sure that your brand can convince people to pay and then get them engaged. So that is my advice. And also on your paywall strategy, there is no one size fits all. You cannot go to the market and copy a paywall flow for, from another brand. You have to decide on what's most important for your brand and what do you want as a brand and what do you want to obtain and that can be advertising revenue or more registrations or more subscriptions. Or, But you have to make a clear decision for yourself. And also important is that you can make that translation towards your clients and towards your prospects. And so that would be my advice to make a clear statement as well for yourself as for your client. Brilliant. Thanks, Babe. You've been listening to The Future of Media Explained with me, Dominic Ponsford, Philippe Van Maastricht from our sponsor, Advantage CS, and Katja de Bouchelet. And we are engineered, as always, by Adrian Bradley. And you can find out more about subscription strategies and all the big themes affecting modern media by checking out pressgazette.co.uk and subscribing to our newsletters. Music